0: Happy New Year friends. This time of year often brings moments of reflection and if you're like me then you might set a few goals or resolutions in a journey to reach your higher potential. A common goal is eating healthier and that doesn't have to be a weight loss goal but one that's reflective of the phrase when you know better you do better. Meal planning can be a way to actually set yourself and your family up for success. So if you plan out your week, make your grocery list, Give yourself or the cooking your family a couple days off by adding some meals from Factor. We're leaving the heavy mental load of meal planning in 2023. So skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is way cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. So get some chef crafted restaurant quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. They even have some gourmet plus meals for special occasions. Perfect solution you could always jazz it up in your own way to make it more personalized So I'm asking you to just go ahead to factormeals.com slash birthstoriescolor50 And use code birthstoriescolor50 to get 50% off 50% off That's code birthstoriescolor50 at factormeals.com slash birthstoriescolor50 to get 50% off
1: Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast-creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today, we have um, a past client of mine. Um, so excited to have Imani Cobb here and uh, just thrilled for her to share um And I think I've shared this with, with her as well. At least I hope I have how impactful her home birth, um, was on my journey as a doula and how, um, you know, all, all the families I work with hold a special place in my heart, but, um, it was the first home birth outside of mine, um, that I really got to step into. And so I'm just excited for her to share her experience and her story, um, with everyone else. So welcome Imani. Can you uh tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, thank you.
2: <laughs> I'm super excited too. Like this is long overdue. Um yeah, so I'm a twenty-seven year old mom of one. He is two. He'll be turning three in May. And we just got a puppy so we don't feel so lonely in here. <laughs> And to curb some of the baby fever that's starting to come up for
1: me now. That's real. That is real. The baby fever will creep up (laughs) on you.
0: (laughs) Right. You're like, why am I feeling this way? But as they start Mm -hmm. to get a little older and more independent, that is it. It's just like that shift.
2: Exactly. I'm like, dang, I don't have no baby no more. (laughs) You beg for them to be independent, and it's like, oh, wait, what what happened?
0: Imani, tell us about your pregnancy.
2: So, my pregnancy was unplanned, but for the most part, it was pretty normal, um, pretty healthy. So, I'm blessed about that. Um, I found out I was pregnant like the day after I missed my period. (laughs) So, I knew pretty early. Um, I got my first ultrasound like two weeks later, and I was like right at about seven weeks. And I had him on my due date, so I went like exactly how long I was supposed to go. Everything was pretty normal and like on time and healthy and no real complications. So. Yeah.
0: That's a beautiful thing, from the beginning to the end. Like one, it's like that special little secret that you get to hold when you first find out. Especially for people that find out early, um, it's just like kind of sitting in that moment and having that time. And I I know that our listeners are loving hearing a, a pregnancy that just went without complication right uh, that's can't be um understated enough because as much as birth and pregnancy is a miracle it can come with so many different challenges for people
2: yeah that's exactly how i feel
0: like it, it was unplanned but everything
2: went at the, the best plan that I could
1: tell us um How did you prepare for birth? And was this something you were thinking about throughout the pregnancy?
2: The first two trimesters, I would say I best prepared by trying my absolute best not to think about it. (laughs) I tried the best to not think about birth because I knew from the beginning I wanted to do a home birth. And yes, that's not really the norm, especially at my age. So like a lot of people was like, what a home birth, like kind of like shocked at my decision and me who had never given birth before did not know what to expect so for the first two trimesters I think I just tried my best not to think about it just to kind of let it come (laughs) then when I got into the third trimester um, I started to mentally and physically prepare I drank red leaf uh raspberry red leaf tea I ate my dates that I had to smother in peanut butter to make them taste good because I did not like the way they taste um I bounced on my yoga ball I took walks every day and I did a birthing class a virtual birthing class through root it was very helpful and I watched very few home birth videos because I did not want to psych myself out but I did see some that were just like everything went okay and it was really a beautiful experience so it, it helped give me in a better mindset.
0: How was it taking the virtual um, birth class with Root? What was that experience like for you?
2: Uh, it was a good experience. It kind of like gave an idea of what to expect, how birth kind of begins, and how to get through it, some um, coping mechanisms, some breathing techniques. Um, I personally kind of felt a little lonely seeing people like doing it with their significant other, and I did it by myself, but... It was still a nice thing to add to my tool book. I had a midwife. Mm. She would come. She came to me. It was great. And she would come in the first two trimesters, I think, like once a month, just to give me a nice little checkup. And towards the end, she started coming weekly. But she never, like, checked me for dilation or, like, did anything too invasive. So, in my head, I was like, I felt like I never knew where I was at, but it kind of made me just kind of go with the flow of things better because I did not have, like, that guy to see, oh, when is this baby going to come? I had this kind of, like, let things happen naturally, but it was nice having her come to me, having, you know, she was always available. I always was able to text her if I needed her, if I had any questions, so I really appreciated that. It was my, um, doulas, doula, doula, <laughs> it was the same as well, just like, um, casual check-ins and then always available during text always available if I had a question so
1: and there was um something that you did do I think it was towards the end of your yeah it was closer to as we were talking about like birth prep that um helped with like visual visualization but that you had created did you want to share a little bit about that
2: it was birthing boards. I think I made three of them, but they are like three little birthing boards. And I put some affirmations. I put some ladies in the birthing tubs to kind of like help me visualize myself in there. And um, just wishes for a nice peaceful birth. I made three of them and aligned them in my birthing space. Um, I, and passed some lights around them just for the essence. <laughs> and it was really one of my favorite parts of my birthing space. Just like look over, especially like in the moments of stress. Just look over and, like, see what I created and, you know, try to help me stay motivated towards the end goal.
0: Now, Imani, anyone else in your family had a home birth? No. What made you want to have one? Because I was
2: not comfortable with having a hospital birth. Um, And I just, I don't think, I just don't think I wanted, because there was nothing specific that made me want to have a home birth. It's just when I got pregnant and you know, I was like thinking about my options and I just like felt that a hospital birth was not for me. And I that's what made me look at home birth options. And I just, I don't know, I went, I followed my intuition and went in that direction.
1: That's it. That is it. Following that intuition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, I'm thinking about like how you were describing yourself as feeling kind of a little lonely during the um birthing class situation, but that even in that solitude, you were able to just go with what was good for you. There was really no one else or somebody to come against what you wanted to do. Or like you haven't really described having family members or anything saying like, are you crazy? Why are you doing this or anything like that? It seemed like you were able to be in a um, a clear headspace for yourself going through the pregnancy and being able to make decisions that were right for you, um, having people supportive in your corner, like how we talk about preparing for birth and pregnancy, is often about who is there for you, who's your support system, and that might not always look like you know the partner or a friend or whoever that is. Like it's 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 very much so about what's going on within you is what's going to push for these um, the outcomes that we really want for ourselves. And how we gather that support and those resources.
1: And I feel like whenever we met, like, Imani was always clear about what the vision was for that day. Like, there was never, (laughs) there was never any hesitation. And I know she said, like, for the first, you know, two trimesters, she kind of tried not to think about it. But I never felt like um, it was coming from a place of, I don't, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, yeah, it might not have always been on your mind, but I always knew how you wanted to feel, what you wanted that day to look like, and the connection that you you wanted for that space. That was always very, very clear, no matter, like, any conversation we had. I always knew like, yes, that's the plan. <laughs> that's that's how she wants us to show up for her. That's how she like is expecting this to happen. And not from a place of like, um, you know, knowing that birth is going to do what it's going to do. But like there was this very, root, like deeply rooted and very foundational, like this is, this is how it's going to be. Um, and this is how I want to feel. And this is how you all have to rise up to support me in that. And it was just powerful to like watch. Like I really felt like, um, you know, like you, ha- you, it's always great when, you know, families we work with have done um, their own like education, they, they have come with all these tools, but I really just felt like I was a constant reminder to the power that you already had. So you would say something. I'm like, that's right. Yes. <laughs> what else do you need from me? Like it was, it was just, like I was just always like affirming the power that you had already established. And it just, it was just really um, empowering to watch on my end as someone like supporting you, how, how powerful you felt about the decisions you were making.
2: <laughs> Thank you. It- and i thought tell you, it just, it just came straight from what was inside me. Because I had no, it was my first child. So I had no idea how birth was going to feel. <laughs> I had no idea what to expect. I just felt in, within me that, I don't know, my, I guess my womanhood came mm. out. Like, <laughs> mm. I am a woman. We've been doing this for centuries. I can do this. I kind of felt that. And I like confirmed that within myself. And then I showed up on my birthing day and presented that. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. 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 So with that, can you please from the beginners, from the beginning, walk us through your birth.
2: I want to say I'm, we're going to start from the um, 19th of May since I gave birth on the, on the morning of the 20th. But before the 19th, I was having racks and hicks and just like pre-labor contractions for a long time. And I was getting very frustrated because <laughs> I was very ready to have my baby. I did not expect me to go all the way to 40 weeks, <laughs> but it, it happened that way. Um, so on the morning of the 19th, I woke up. And I was having some pretty strong contractions, and I'm like, yes, this is it. It's time to have my baby. And I went back to sleep, and I woke up, and I wasn't having contractions no more. And I was irritated. <laughs> I was very upset. So I spent that day curb walking. Curb walking through the head with my headphones in because I just wanted to ignore the world and focus on getting the baby out. And I went home, and I was bouncing on my yoga ball. And... There were these labor activation videos that I had been doing on YouTube for the past two weeks that I tried again for the thousandth time. And it got down to nighttime. And I was getting ready for bed, but I was in the like front room watching a movie just trying to ease my energy because I was over it. I was very ready to just have a baby. And my mother came in from visiting my grandma she was like, your grandma said, if you want to go into labor, you got to do five jumping jacks. And I'm not encouraging anybody to do this because I don't know how safe it is. But I was very ready to have a baby. <laughs> so I did 10 jumping jacks. And from there, I felt labor kick on. Like, it, it's like I felt a switch go <laughs> off inside me. The contractions I was having, they amplified by, like, 20. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what just happened? And I, like, started having to go to the restroom back to back. So I think that could have been my like water breaking or, you know, something, I don't know. But I knew like that was the mo- moment when labor got real. So I texted my midwife and at that point, my contractions were still about maybe seven minutes away. So she told me to like, keep track of them. So I did for about another 90 minutes. And within that time, they went from like seven minutes apart. to like three and she's like, oh yeah, it's time to have a baby. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> get here so and then I called my dude <laughs> let her know that it was time to have a baby um yeah everybody arrived at different times but it was all good I was just like trying to chill trying to breathe and um, my mom ended up blowing up my birthing tub for me and I got in there I labored a lot in the water and I really enjoyed it and it was calming so it was like not Like it's not it was not a lot of pressure that I was about to have a baby because I was just like kind of waiting in the water, (laughs) chilling. And but I would get lightheaded when I was in the water too long, I would get lightheaded. So I had to like take breaks and like spend some time on the couch. Um and yeah, I had my team around me. So all in all, I ended up having my doula and her assistant who ended up being my doula, <laughs> my uh, postpartum doula. Um, my midwife and her assistant, my mom, and um my child's father was all there. And they took turns fetching me water, rubbing my back through the contractions. And they kept trying to force me to eat. <laughs> that was probably the worst part because it's like every time I ate something, I felt my whole body about to erupt. So, but they wanted me to eat for energy, so I kept trying to eat, and maybe, I don't know the timing, because it was real late at night, but I think maybe six or seven hours into labor, it was like, my midwife was kind of like, okay, wrap it up, (laughs) so you're saying, like, I was going to, if I didn't, like, try to work towards getting the baby out, I was going to, like, run out of energy, and, like, it was just really important that I kind of focused on getting baby out. Plus, I was about eight centimeters dilated at that point, so it was it was time. <laughs> it was time. So we tried walking around. I tried walking around my backyard. It was super painful. I immediately was like, "Take me back to the couch." <laughs> and I got in the water a little bit more, but it wasn't it wasn't working the way it was supposed to. So it checked me again. And then I was like nine and a half, heading towards 10 centimeters dilated. So she had me do a couple pushes to try to like just get me there. And it worked. The little bit of my water that I had left came out and I was officially ready to push a baby out. And during this time, I was just like, well, I did skip a part. Um, One of the things my midwife said to me, like, I could go to the hospital. And like, that's kind of what I was like. No, (laughs) I'm not going to the hospital because I already knew, like I wanted to have, I was already too deep into labor. It was too deep into, I wasn't going to make it to the hospital to begin with. And secondly, I was, that was never my plan. I already had, you know, in my head that I was going to have a home birth. I already made it through the hard part in my, in my eye. So it was just like, okay, tunnel vision, let's get the baby out. (laughs) So yeah, when I got to my 10 meters dilated, and it was time to push. I tried. To get back in the birthing tub because in my mind, I wanted to have him in the water, but it was really hard trying to push him past my pelvic bone while I was in the tub. So I got out the tub and I pushed a couple different ways on my knees, didn't really work on my side, didn't really work. So I eventually got on my back. And that was the position that worked for me. And it was really weird because that was the last position I wanted to try, absolutely. But that's what worked. So, you know, that just goes to show sometimes you just got to go with the flow and let what works work. And he came at 9.13, and it was the most powerful experience I felt in my entire life. Um, Definitely proved a lot to myself that day. Um, The first thing I said after I pushed him out was like, oh, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> but <laughs> here we are two and a half years later and I'm about ready to do that again. So. <laughs> yeah. oh,
0: that's a powerful story. I love that um, you stuck to your guns. Of course, all home hate to hear we can go to the hospital. <laughs> that's like dirty words. Okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what you trying to
1: say? <laughs> like why? why? What are we doing, are we doing here? Y'all only been, you here, only been here a few hours. Hold on now. Okay. <laughs> it's my first, it's my baby. first baby. Like y'all. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: gosh, give me a moment. He's <laughs> <It's> coming, coming. <laughs> and it and he did come. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and it is important to note, like. We think about pelvis shape and positions for birthing and how you played around with it. Like there was no one right way until you kept moving and shifting and changing. And a lot of times in hospitals and different providers, that's not an option. Like, or at least you don't think it's an option. A lot of times people think that they actually have to stay on their back or someone might keep pushing them to be on their back. But the fact that you took maintained autonomy, your bodily autonomy, and just moved him around until you found what worked best for you, even if it wasn't what you thought would be ideal, it was actually ideal for your body.
1: And there was a lot of like clear communication um, from Imani about like during that whole time as we were working through like what would best serve best serve you um, you had said you wanted to do a water, like a water birth. And so we were really trying to make that happen. And you at one point were like, no, I need to get out. <laughs> um, and we were like, okay, let's, let's get you out and let's like try a couple different things, but it definitely came from you. And like I said, just like from the beginning, you really listening to yourself and what your body needed that started pre-pregnancy and inter- like through pregnancy and in this birth <clears throat> we were all very much clear of like you were you were the lead and we were gonna follow like what your lead was and even when we were offer suggestions it was never like I don't I'm missing the word that I want to use on how clear you were about what your body needed um and I really wish I could like bottle that up to to help like pass on to other people, because it was just so um, so great to see this clear connection that you had with your body and your baby, about even this being your first birth, this your first experience with with this whole experience of like, yeah, okay, I want to go walk, but like get me back on that couch. Like something about that couch is working. And maybe it was like finding the balance between having you do the hard work. But like you were like, yeah, I'm going to go curb walking or I'm going to go do this or I want to move in this way. And even when we would we would do suggestions, it would just be this very much of like, no. And we were like, "Okay." and usually usually when you're working with right. families I like sometimes that. yeah like usually when you're working with families there's sometimes you can be like well are you sure like we can you know offer some other suggestions but it was just this very clear of like no that's not what i need um and really mm-hmm. being able to follow you with that um yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's like a quiet confidence right mm-hmm. just um Laurel, you're right. It's very much so when you have worked within birth, you often have to, you, you try really hard to make sure the birthing person is always leading. So it's not, you know what you know, right? But I have no idea what your body feels like. So I can throw out everything I've got in the kitchen sink. But if I'm doing my job well, I don't have to <laughs> like if I've done my job well, or if you've shown up in a way. So with self-assuredness, like, which is, which is a lot harder than people think. Um, then I dualism midwives don't have to work as hard because you're showing up for yourself in a way
1: that makes us Sit back. Yes. (laughs) And that's exactly how you showed up. Um, That's exactly how you showed up. I have a question, Imani. Um, Your mom was
0: there. Mm -hmm. So what was her feedback about you having this home birth, this experience with water, being all over your house, like doing this whole thing? She absolutely loved it. And (laughs) I was like shocked
2: because when I was like first planning my birth in the very beginning and like determined that I wanted to do the home birth, I, had, I needed to ask her. I need to ask her if um, I was like allowed to give birth in her house. And I was expecting more of a like a pushback. But since as as I asked her, she was like, sure. And I'm like, oh. But <laughs> I think um, just given her birthing experiences, she had like not so easy hospital births. So I think she like understood my um, like where I was coming from with that suggestion. And when it came down to like birthing time, she was definitely like my right hand man. She stayed next to me the entire time she went to like lay down <laughs> for a little bit, but like as, as essentially her like movement downstairs, she came back and like right back on my side and uh she like said it was one of the most powerful births she ever seen, and like she was with her both of her sisters for birth and all gave birth herself,
1: but she was like just very impressed with my birth,
0: Aww, so yeah, I love that. <laughs> I hope there was some healing in there for her.
1: Imani um, allowed the reason we there were two of us there, um, two doulas there for her birth was <clears throat> I was, uh, Imani allowed me to take pictures for this birth. Um, and that's the first birth that I ever um, held space for in that way. And so being able to have uh, my sister doula, uh, Daisha was there as well. So when, ever I would step away and get the camera Daisha would like fall in so we were kind of like teaming but being able to watch from that perspective like you and your mom supporting you and you leaning in on your mom um that was like it it, you could see the healing within that um you could see it in those moments so I'm really glad that y'all were able to have that together So can you tell us a little bit about your initial postpartum and then where you are now, two years out, two years out in your postpartum? Yes. So
2: initially postpartum smacked me with a ton of bricks. (laughs) Um, of course the first week you're like in love, this new baby, this new person I created. Oh my goodness. I was definitely in love the first two weeks. Um, and fortunately for me, I breastfed and he caught on pretty easily. So I know a lot, some people struggle with like the beginning of breastfeeding, but he was a nipple boy from the jump and like automatically knew what to do. Um, eventually, like after that initial two weeks, I was exhausted. <laughs> I was exhausted with just the constant breastfeeding, the him not sleeping. And I feel like I did not plan and prep. For postpartum the way I should have um because of my wanting to go with the flow and wanting to and um, just let things happen naturally well I feel like that was not the right decision for postpartum because it really is a culture shock you're a, I'm entered into a new phase in my life I had never been a mom before and it was you know time to care about something outside of me um yeah so um But postpartum was hard. I caught my waves. We caught the flow of things. I did experience some baby blues, maybe a month in. And it went into postpartum depression maybe about four months in when I moved out by myself. Um, The postpartum, it came in waves. Some days were harder than others. And it lasted for about 18 months. So yeah, now I'm about two and a half years out and I'm feeling back to myself. I'm feeling back normal. So postpartum, there is an end. (laughs) It does get better. Um, And to stay the course and lean on who you can. I was fortunate enough to have my doula, my postpartum doula for 18 months after I gave birth birth to Ezekiel. That was very helpful. Just even just to have somebody listen to me. You know, somebody who knew what I was going through and what's there.
1: I think it's a testament. Like we... you know, society talks about just like the third trimester, right? Like postpartum after you have your six week checkup, it's, um, I think people forget that like you still had a baby. There's still so much healing that is needed. And, you know, studies have shown that it take, it can take up to a year for you to reflect some, some sort of, um, back to who you were before you had a baby physically and mentally And for others, it can take more time. I mean, I even find I'm still finding my way back to, (laughs) you know, even after having um, my child, my oldest is now eight, right? So um, it speaks to that, the amount of healing that is needed. Um, And that postpartum is forever. Like we say that a lot here, like even, you know, even though you're two years out, like you're still in that journey, you're still discovering new things about yourself, about Ezekiel, um, as he gets older. Um, But that, like you said, like staying the course, leaning in on who you can, the power of a postpartum doula, um, being just able to have that support, how important that is. Yes. And one thing I'll say I wish is that I wish
2: I knew how to utilize my doulas um, more. Um, For the birthing and labor experience, I, I definitely got what I needed. Um, I don't know. I feel like I didn't know what to expect, so I didn't really know what to ask for, but they were definitely great support, and they helped me in all the ways they could, like, even giving me an idea of what to look forward to. I wish I knew how to use our more postpartum, as I was kind of, like, going through the storm of postpartum and <laughs> what to ask for. Um, even was just like, please come hold my baby, because <laughs> I'm going crazy, like, <laughs> I wish I knew to, like, ask for that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think Root has a really good um, balance of what they're doing in terms of not just the birth, but continuing on through the postpartum period. And they actually go beyond like the typical six to eight week. just like you said, you had 18 months, but it is one of those things, especially for, I would say like black women, not really knowing like what, how far can I take this? Right. What, like, I, you know what I mean? Like I know somebody's checking in on me, but can I ask for help in that way? And I think that that's really important. I thank you for mentioning that, like saying, like, I don't really know what I can ask for. And I think that even when we say, well, whatever you need, and it still doesn't feel like you can say whatever you need. <laughs> so um, hopefully people get yeah. that and hear that, um, especially if you're when you're working with a postpartum do it. Like, the worst they can say is, no, I don't do that, right? but here's someone I know that can support you. And that's what you're going to get from most doers, like regardless of which program or who it is, they're like, you know what? I can't delve as deep into maybe the mental health stuff, but I know the resources and who's out there within the community that can take you from here. Right. Um, Because it can very easily turn into something more challenging than just depression. Now that I'm saying just depression, but depression can be hard. So, but it can turn into more. And I want, People to know that you can reach out for those things because they little people they just those new little babies they just want to act like they're back in their tummy <laughs> they just want to they just want to go back and live in the womb and they're out here just trying their best right <laughs> while you're trying your best and you're like I just want somebody to I just want to put them down for a little bit and, and get touched <laughs> out and they're literally continuing feed from your body and so you still feel that. Physical and mental drain. Um, cute as they are, lovely as they are, they want it all. They just want it all. They want all of you. <laughs> a little demanding. Little... <laughs> the most adorable things, but
2: they are very independent. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> it gives me a lot of. Um... <laughs> That's why you like you beg for your independent. You beg for them to be more independent. And as
0: soon as they are, you're like, oh,
1: baby, oh, like, what's my little meaty baby? <laughs> it's such a like intense feeling to feel that way. Like, it's so intense to want to want that piece, but then to also want that other piece. Like, I don't even think there's a word in the dictionary that describes the intensity of that feeling. It is unnerving at at, at moments. <laughs> like, am I insane? Right. Yes. <laughs> like, am I insane? Yes. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just this. seriously! <laughs> seriously. Human. Right.
0: It's like what we're humans. What we're doing? What we're doing? That's what like, we're doing.
2: As I like think about expanding my family, it definitely puts in perspective. Like, oh, I want to have, I want to have a partner because I want more hands-on help with my next child, um, and yeah, I'm just more like I'll definitely I'll go the same route. I'll go do a home birth again. I'll get a midwife again because I like that security net. I'll get a doula again, but this time I'll try to think, what more can my doula offer me? What more can I ask for so that I am just better supported and not in such a deep um, postpartum mess that, that I was in the first time around.
0: <laughs> I think too, as as black women or women of color, um, we get kind of accustomed to not having the same type of support that we want, um, that it's not only that we don't think we can ask for we just we don't think we deserve it sometimes or we just um, we've been we've watched other women just do it and so we don't see when they ask for help right so we just assume that nobody ever helps but you know what I mean like there's we can do better right we can do better on our end when we're not pregnant supporting other birthing people as well as when we're in that space of just saying, like, you know what, it's time to call in all the all the favors. And all the things. It's not so much as like you remember when I no. It's like, hey, hey, friend, <laughs> like, I need support, and it looks like a meal. It looks like a meal I did not cook. Right? Um, it looks like. A load of laundry from start to finish. I don't know. I think we can do better, right? And we deserve villages. We deserve that support. Mm You know, we
2: deserve villages.
1: Exactly. Well, is there anything else from your birth, um, from your postpartum? Just anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with? um, Advice? Anything?
2: One thing my doula did connect me with it was a support group in Columbus. I wish I remember the name right now, so I could shout them out.
0: But is it Pom?
2: Yes, it's Pom. new mom support group, and I just think it was very, very, very helpful. Um, just to hear that you are not alone. At times, we forget that in postpartum, like because you you feel alone. It's just you and a baby, and you are like, where is all my people? Um, but it was definitely helpful to hear that. There's other women out here and they feel just like you and they're going through things just like you're going through things. And yeah, so I would definitely recommend having just getting support. Support is so important. Um, and letting things flow. Um, you can plan all you want, but babies just do what they want. <laughs> they're going to come how they want. They're going to come on the day that they want and things are just going to go how they're supposed to go. So you don't stress yourself out trying to plan
1: everything. Let things flow. Thank you, thank you, thank you <laughs> for allowing me to be on your birth team. For thank you sharing your story. Um, yeah, I I mean it when I say it really it really shifted a lot of things for me, um, and just being able to see someone stand in their power the way that you did was. Just amazing from a birth, birth birth worker standpoint, from a birthing person standpoint. So I'm just grateful. Thank you. My birth team was great. And it's it's because
2: of y'all that I'm like confident enough to like, oh yeah, I'm doing that again. Like <laughs> um, and like just feeling that I had that autonomy in myself. kind of like like you said, if some births you don't feel that, some births you don't think like you can make those type of decisions for yourself. So knowing that I, you know, made every decision for my birth and it went Beautifully and magically, like, definitely thank you, thank you, thank you. Because now I know I can, and I know
1: we can. Mm. We yes. <laughs> thank you. That's I am that. because you are. Yes. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to com. Happy New Year, friends.
0: This time of year often brings moments of reflection, and if you're like me, then you might set a few goals or resolutions in a journey to reach your higher potential. A common goal is eating healthier, and that doesn't have to be a weight loss goal, but one that's reflective of the phrase, "When you know better, you do better." Meal planning can be a way to actually set yourself and your family up for success. So if you plan out your week, make your grocery list, Give yourself or the cooking your family a couple days off by adding some meals from Factor. We're leaving the heavy mental load of meal planning in 2023. So skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is way cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. So get some chef-crafted, restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. They even have some gourmet-plus meals for special occasions. Perfect solution you could always jazz it up in your own way to make it more personalized. So I'm asking you to just go ahead to factormeals.com slash birthstoriescolor50 and use code birthstoriescolor50 to get 50% off. 50% off? That's code birthstoriescolor50 at factormeals.com slash birthstoriescolor50 to get 50% off.